I was uh, preparing the message this week, and um, it was one of those times where I thought I was writing an amazing message. I was like, this is going to go down well. Gets to Saturday morning, and God says, scrap the whole thing. <laughs> Start again. And so this is fresh from God's heart. I pray that this blesses everyone in here. We're going to be reading from the book of Luke again. And we're starting from Luke chapter 4, verse 42. It says, Jesus continues to preach. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave him. Verse 43, which is what I'm preaching from. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in all other towns. Two, because that is why I was sent. If you look at the life of Jesus and you look at what Jesus taught about, there's always a theme that came up. That theme was the kingdom. Jesus always taught about the kingdom of God. It never changed. And the thing with the kingdom is that the kingdom has to be demonstrated, not just said. And so we not only saw the kingdom talked about by Jesus, but we straight away after He taught about it, saw Him demonstrate it. We saw people healed. In fact, even after Jesus rose from the dead, He spent three weeks with His disciples talking about the kingdom. So it was a big deal. It was always His theme. I believe that the kingdom of God is something that is super important, but we don't look at it enough in a sense. We don't hear enough. Well, actually, I was going to say we don't hear it enough in messages, but we did do a couple years of, of Activate. But if I were to go up to some of you and say, what is the kingdom of God? Would you really be able to answer me confidently what the kingdom of God is? I surely couldn't a couple years ago. This is what I like to think of the kingdom. I believe the kingdom of God is the dominion of the king. It's where God rules and reigns. The kingdom of God isn't just like a physical place, but it's actually wherever us as Christians go. If we let God rule and reign in our lives, we're taking the kingdom with us. It's not a physical place. We have to understand that as Christians as well. Because if we know that we've got the kingdom of God with us, then we can actually have the opportunity to change lives. Not in our strength, but in God's strength. That's exciting news. Jesus said, Your kingdom come and your will be done. In Matthew 6.10. Those two things are two inseparable realities. If the kingdom of God has come then the will of God has been done. They go hand in hand. If God's will has been done, then God's kingdom is there. They can't be separated. They go together. That's why Jesus mentioned them there. And we are actually supposed to be annexations of the kingdom of God. We are supposed to take territory for Him, for the kingdom. That's a cool job. That's a cool calling if you were to ask me. Annexations for the kingdom of God. What a privilege. If that doesn't excite you, what else does? That's so cool. It's exciting. 
Wherever you go, the kingdom goes with you. We, we overlook Satan sometimes. We can look at the devil and we can go, oh, he's a bit of a, bit of a scary dude. He's a bit of a powerful dude. But I think we give him too much credit. Because when the kingdom of God enters somewhere, the kingdom of darkness has to bow its knee. The devil has to bow his knee. There's no fist fight battle going on between them. Far out, he flicked them and he was gone. <laughs> There's nothing going on there. That's the awesome thing. We follow a God who's already won. And we've got to take the kingdom from a place of victory. That's why it's exciting. We've already won, guys. We've got nothing to lose. You know, the gospel means good news. We've got no bad news to tell. We've only got good news. The kingdom can be seen as a high, lofty theological concept. But it's not. It's really not. It is as concrete and solid as this ground. Wherever God rules and reigns. That's cool. I'm going to keep saying that's cool because I think it's cool. Do you guys think it's cool? I think it's awesome. When the kingdom of God has arrived, you will see it. You will hear it and you will feel it. It will affect the natural world and it will affect the natural reality. Things begin to change when the kingdom arrives. This is why after Jesus taught about the kingdom, he never left it there. As I said, he demonstrated the kingdom. You know, the Pharisees, they didn't often, well, Jesus came not to prove that he was the Messiah, yeah? He came to prove what we could do. In other words, I like to think of it like this. The Pharisees were looking for a miracle such as Moses parting the Red Sea. The Pharisees may have been looking for Jesus to cool down fire like Elijah, that we saw those things. I reckon that those, those were the miracles that the Pharisees were looking for. And so when the when people said he was the Messiah, they didn't believe it because they didn't see those miracles. They only saw open eyes, blind eyes open, you know? When actually Jesus didn't come to prove his Messiahship anyway. I believe that Jesus came and did miracles after he preached about the kingdom so he could prove what we could do. In other words, Jesus didn't heal the sick to prove that he could. He healed the sick to prove that you can. He didn't raise the dead to prove that he can. He raised the dead to prove that we can. Is that cool? (laughs) That's cool. That's always the way it was. Jesus demonstrated that which he spoke of. He said, I told you about the kingdom. Now let me show you. It requires demonstration.
because Jesus proves that we can heal the sick, I reckon that we can prove other people that we can heal the sick. You know what I mean? It's a flow on. I remember in year nine, I was a huge rugby player. Loved it. Wanted to be a crusader. Wanted to be an all black. It was my dream. And suddenly I had these, these problems going on with my feet and I couldn't really play half of a game of rugby without having intense pain. It was horrible. And Steve McCracken, who a lot of you would know, he came over to our, to our church to speak and he was staying at our house. And uh, so I came in the door from rugby training, all lumping around. And he said, can I pray for your feet? I was, I was, I didn't really believe in that stuff then. So I was like, yeah, whatever, go for it. He prayed for my feet. And guess what happened? Nothing. So then he said, let me pray again. So he prayed for my feet. Guess what happened? Nothing. Prayed again. Still nothing. Prayed one more time. And I was like, what the heck? Because I was healed. My pain in my feet were fully gone. I went for a run around the block to, to try and see if it would come back and the pain was fully gone. And so because of that moment where Steve stepped out and prayed for me, I suddenly was like, oh, if he can do it, I can. And so there was a youth leader at the time who was at this church called uh, Robin. And he came to youth in a cast on his leg. It was a moon boot, sorry. And I was like, remember what Steve did, Jay, remember. So I said, can I pray for you? And I said, he said, yeah, sure. So I prayed for him. I basically just said the same things that Steve said because I had no clue how to pray for anyone to be healed. What happened was nothing happened, but I remembered after the first prayer, but I remembered that Steve prayed more than once. So I said, all right, let me pray again. Nothing happened. Okay, let me pray again. Nothing happened. He must have got sick of me because he prayed. I prayed 26 times. <laughs> 26 times. But he was healed. He had the moon boot off and he went and got an x-ray the next day. <laughs> and he had no break in his leg. And so Jesus proves that we can heal the sick. Steve got that. Because Steve stepped out, I got to have the revelation of maybe I could. And then look at that. Saw someone healed the next day. So we can actually help prove that we can heal the sick. (laughs) It's Jesus who does it. But we get to be a part of it. I talked about the kingdom and how it needs demonstration. And as disciples, it's mission that positions us, not location. Our mission is to preach the good news, the gospel. Gospel means good news, only good news to share. Woo! That's good. It's good news. It's about what God asks us to do that positions slash shapes our lives, not where we live or where we come from or any other natural factor. Do we let life speak to us louder than the gospel, than the good news? Maybe we have a few crap days. Crap, bad, bad days. 
Maybe we have a few bad days. That's what happens. <laughs> but the thing is, Jesus had three really, really crap days, bad days, so that we could be something. <laughs> That's so incredible. He got tortured for three days so that we could live our life to the fullest. And that fullest is with Him. That's why He did it. (laughs) We can't lose the simplicity of the gospel. That is the simplicity of the gospel. We are actually advertisements for the kingdom as Christians. I used to own a little red Toyota Celica. It was sick. And I had these number plate surrounds on them and it said, Batman saved Gotham, but Jesus saved the world. That's good advertisement for the kingdom. But the thing is, I probably wasn't a great advertisement because I had those number plate surrounds on, but I probably drove like a lunatic half the time. <laughs> and so we have to advertise the kingdom Well. We've got that responsibility. In fact, it was. Oh, do you know who the best people to tell tell about Jesus? Is? People, do you know when you like stop at the light and some people come to your like car window to like wash it, and then you like can give them a coin or whatever. I don't normally have coins on me, but I do have Jesus, and so they are the best people to preach the gospel to. They can't get out of that. In fact, I did it the other day with um, with the Zero to Thirties team, and it was an awesome response. The guy goes, "Yeah, brother, yeah, Jesus loves me. Got the body plate on my on my heart. It's awesome, awesome. It's cool, eh? Such an awesome response. We got to step out. I've heard people talk about the cross and how it's a revelation of your sin, how it reveals our sin." And yes, in a way, but I don't believe that's the message that God's trying to bring. I reckon the reason for the cross is so that we can know our value. It's a revelation of our value, not a revelation of our sin. Yeah, the sin was, well, there was something underneath the sin of great value and the importance. Otherwise, heaven wouldn't have paid such a big price for it. So the cross is the revealing of our value. Because Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin (laughs) so that we could be set free. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we can be free, so that we can have something. Whoa. But if I don't see the price that was paid for, I won't know how valuable I am and won't walk in the fullness God has for me. There's a, there's a song which a lot of you will know and it goes, And I'll never know how much it cost. Beautiful song. But I like to sing it like this. And I'll never know. I mean, I need to know. And I need to know how much it costs because we need to know. <laughs> we need to know how much it costs that's where our value comes from if we don't know how much it costs on the cross then we won't know how valuable we really are 
And until we know our value, that's when we'll start to lose shame and lose fear for the gospel and start to step out. It's important stuff. We do need to know how much we're worth. Do you know how much you're worth? God thinks that you're worth dying for. That beats any price. The devil's number one plan is to make you believe that you're worthless. Can I encourage you if you're feeling worthless in this place tonight? God went bankrupt for you. He gave everything for you. We don't need to feel worthless. We don't need to take those lies, believe those lies. Because we're valuable. You're valuable. Jesus paid everything on that cross for you. God, I just pray that you reveal, you give everyone in here a revelation of their value, of what you did on that cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for how much you love everyone in here. We ask that that you reveal that to every single person. You're so in love with everyone in here. God, we open ourselves up to you. You know, silence... Silence isn't a bad thing when we're with Jesus. We need to realize that it's a privilege and it's such an honor to be in the presence of God whether we can feel it or not feel it. That's the greatest honor. Be in the presence of God. So beautiful. Revelation of your love, God. Fill this place right now in Jesus' name. If you were buying a car that was worth $11,000, and I went to a dealer, and they said, yeah, we got one. It's $120,000. You're not going to buy that. That's not worth it. Yeah, but in the blue book it says that it's $11,000. Yeah, but it's actually an awesome car, so we've got it for $120,000. We're not going to buy that if it's $120,000 when we know we can get it for $11,000. Yet we sell out so cheap because the devil tells us that we are worthless. You are valuable. The price paid for you determines your value. And heaven went bankrupt for you and for me. That's the simplicity of the gospel. That's the gospel we need to preach.
I said we are meant to be annexations for the kingdom. That's the other part of the gospel. Jesus didn't just die so that we can get to heaven, but he died so that heaven can get into us right here, right now. He didn't just die so we can have eternal life, which of course is incredible. But he died so that we can experience heaven right here, right now. And so we can release that. There's a quote that many of you will know. It's a controversial quote. It says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I 100% agree with it. Our actions should should line up with the gospel. We should be representing Jesus. We should be wherever, whenever, be like Jesus with our actions. But Jesus tells us, and many times, but the scripture we read from today says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom. I must preach. Preach means publicly proclaim. And so, yes, <laughs> preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Please, whenever, wherever, be like Jesus. But you need to use words. <laughs> oh, that's a bad gospel. <laughs> We need to open our mouth. We have to use words. There's power in the gospel. There's power in what we're speaking. We can make excuses, but we only have good news to share. So why would we? Only have good news. I like to pray for people who are sick. I do. But do you know how powerful and life-changing Jesus loves you can be? Just going to someone and telling them that Jesus loves them. Or saying that you are awesome and Jesus thinks that too. That is so powerful and it's so easy. That's what I do all the time. Hey, Jesus loves you so much and He thinks you are awesome. People don't hear that these days. People don't hear you're awesome from a stranger, yet alone God. That is life-changing. We don't need the dazzly miracles and everything like that, although that is awesome. And if God leads you that way, do it. Take those opportunities. But Jesus loves you and thinks you're awesome. That's good news. That is what we need to be sharing. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus, can I tell you that Jesus loves you and He thinks you're awesome. He really does. Hundred and fifty-two thousand people die every day. 
because we know our value, because I know my value, that means I know Ray's value. Because I know my value, that means I know Rhoda's value. Because I know my value, I know all of your value. God doesn't have favoritism. It's not like, yeah, Jay's a lot more valuable than all these fellas. No, no, no. He he thinks everyone is everyone is just as valuable as each other. And so because I know what God thinks of me and how valuable I am, I know how valuable that person out there at Chartwell is or at Macca's is or at the petrol station. And why would I want to hold that back from them and not tell them how valuable they are? They are so valuable. Everyone, doesn't matter what they've done, where they've been, God loves them the same. God died for them and for me and for you. I know it's not always easy, but if you've got that on your mind, ooh, it's good. Man, do you know how valuable you are? You're so valuable. God loves you so much. It's a classic Christian cliche line, but it's so powerful. I couldn't tell you enough that God loves you so much. Hey, God loves you so much, Maria. God loves you so much, Joseph. God loves you so much, Stephen. It's powerful. Listen to this. Those with the fear of man in their lives are still living for themselves. Ooh, that cuts me deep. Because <laughs> there are times where I'm at Macca's and I'm like, yeah, let me tell that person about Jesus. No, let's not. Because that's scary sometimes. I struggle with it still. I'm not perfect. <laughs> But that's an indication when we don't take opportunities given to us that we haven't surrendered 100% of our lives to God. Because if we have the fear of man in our lives, then we're still living for ourselves. And God calls us to give all of us to Him. I'll give you a moment to think about that one because that challenges me. That's hardcore stuff. Those with the fear of man in their lives are still living for themselves. We can make the decision, yep, I'm going to go all in or I'm going to just be a little bit out. I'm preaching to myself here, guys. Romans 1.14 says, For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilised world and the rest of the world. And another translation, it says, For I have a great sense of debt. If I go and give $5 to Maria and say, hey, Maria, can you go pass that to Ray? Until she passes that to... <laughs> until, until she passes that to Ray, she's in debt to me. And she's under obligation. So what Paul is saying here in Romans, for I have a great sense of obligation, for I have a great sense of debt, he's actually saying that we've been given something Jesus, and until we give it to someone else, until we give it to other people, we're in debt to God. 
We're under obligation to God. That is challenging. That was just like a wow revelation when I heard that. I love these messages because some of you are like, just preach, Jay, yes. And some of you are like, oh, can you just shut up? I like it. If I'm offending you, good. Because that means there's something in your spirit getting wound up. (laughs) I pray that you have a great sense of obligation and a great sense of debt to preach the gospel, to publicly declare Jesus. I certainly have an obligation for that as soon as I said yes to God. And again, it's not easy. But then Jesus says, either hot or cold, not lukewarm. I want to be hot. (laughs) I want to be on fire. I want to be able to confidently say, yeah, I'm doing the best I can do for the kingdom of God to help people know Jesus because that is the greatest gift of all do you know that there's 4,200 known religions and only one of them Christianity talks about a God who reaches down to man rather than God reaching up to God men reaching up to God that's so cool that's a loving God That's the God that I'm in relationship with, that I want to tell people about. Who here sometimes feels unloved? I certainly do. But with Jesus, you've got the truth that He will never leave you nor forsake you, that He will love you forever. Wow, that's crazy. I really hope that there is something resonating in your spirit and really piercing into your spirit. I'm preaching to myself. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach, Jay, but I'm also going to shut up, Jay, for some things. Because that means that after this, I'm going to have to do it. So 152,000 people die every day. There's two ways. Eternity with God or eternity without God. We could be the people because we know our value. I've told you your value. That can step in the way and going on from, people going from an eternity without God can suddenly go into an eternity with God. That's the gift that we can give to people if we step out. And so my question to you is, are you going to step out? Are you going to be an annexation for the kingdom of God? An ambassador for the kingdom of God?